Welcome to Lone Star Latter-day Saint Voices, a podcast dedicated to conversations with members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints right here in North Texas. I'm your host, Eric Egan. Our guest on this episode is Rena Elmer, a North Texas mother and member of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who recently ran in the Olympic trials for the marathon. Welcome, Rena. Thank you. So for any of us, being in the Olympic trials of any sort would be really exciting. This wasn't your first time. Correct. And so we want to hear about that. But let's first go back to the beginning. Tell us about where you came from and what your growing up years were like. I was born and raised in Beaver, Utah. It's a little town of two to 3,000 people in southern Utah. Um, I have four older brothers. I was the baby girl. And my parents were very hard workers. Uh, my mom went back to school when I went into kindergarten. And my parents actually became active in the church just before I turned eight. So my dad was able to baptize me. And we went to the Salt Lake Temple when I was nine and was sealed as a family there. How did you develop your love for running? My love for running started, well, one of my first memories was my brother Renton having Reagan and I get up at five in the morning and put on our coats and go running with him because he was trying to lose weight or something for wrestling. And that morning I realized I could actually run like two miles without stopping. So that was pretty impressive. And then in after seventh grade, I did a 5K and I was so nervous about it, but I ended up winning this 5K um, in this little town. And so after that, I think it gave me a lot of confidence running where I didn't have a lot of confidence before. And I got, you know, I was recognized for that and that made me feel really good. And so I kept it up and I, uh, I actually tried out for a basketball team, but I didn't make the team. So then I decided I was going to stick with running. Go all in with running. Yep. <laughs> and so into high school as well then. Yeah. So in high school, I, I ended up a seven time state champion and I, just was really successful. Even from the beginning, I remember being in junior high and running on uh, cross country. And I remember just really wanting to win. (laughs) So (laughs) I, there was one last meet and I had been doing really well throughout the season. And I just thought if I can just do my very best in this race, I know I can win. And I ended up winning the race. But I didn't get to go to state because I was in junior high. So, but that was a really um, that was a big confidence booster for me. And so, when you were running in high school, seven-time state champion in which events? Cross country, thirty-two hundred and sixteen hundred were my events across multiple years. So across you ran well years. early in high school too. Yes. Yeah. So as you were growing up there in Beaver and going through these experiences with running. How are you developing spiritually as well? Yeah, the the spiritual experience of all of this um, went hand in hand while I improved in my running. I also was improving spiritually. I have to thank my young women's leaders. They were probably the most impactful and influential people. They were phenomenal. Every one of their young women's uh, meetings, they had a you know, they'd have a special speaker once a month come in and just share something very heartfelt. They had great lessons and activities. And I just really grew from that, you know, just a lot of different topics that, and one of those topics being 
um, Sabbath day. And my family was not really big on, you know, keeping the Sabbath day. It didn't really mean a lot. And so this, this one day, this topic, you know, it really hit me. And I, from that day on, I strive to keep the Sabbath day. And then also in seminary, I started reading the Book of Mormon. My freshman year, we were doing Book of Mormon. And I decided I was, I was going to finish the Book of Mormon that year. So the teacher had said, if you just read 15 minutes a day, you know, you could finish by the end of the year. And so I missed one day that whole year. And I made another goal to memorize all the scripture mastery scriptures. And so throughout high school, I ended up reading all of the standard works. And I remember even being on a cruise ship one time on a trip, trying to read the Old Testament. And at the time too, I was really, really bad at like public speaking and um, just reading out loud in general to a class. And so I remember just reading out loud the Old Testament. So I just said, if I just read out loud this whole year, I'll be really good at it by the end. And now I'm now I'm, I can read the scriptures out loud to people. <laughs> <laughs> and you become an expert in endurance and more than just running then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would imagine if you're a seven-time state champion in high school, were there colleges interested in you running for them? Yeah, there were actually. By the time my senior year came around, I had the opportunity to go to a BYU um, like the, a recruiting trip. But it was prom that same weekend, and I chose prom, which was a big mistake. But then, so then the coach wasn't interested in me after that, and I went and talked to him, and then he was a little more interested, but he said he wouldn't give me a scholarship. And during that time, um, then I was pretty prideful with my running because I thought, if I can't get a scholarship, I'm not going to go to your school. So I chose to go to UVSC, and they were a great school. But while I was there, I didn't feel like I was reaching my full potential. And I knew at the time, BYU was the number one team in the country. And I just thought if I could be the slowest person on the fastest team in the country, I would rather have that than be the fastest girl on a team that's, you know, where I can't improve because there's nobody to push me. And so I ended up trying out for BYU's team and I made the team. And that was a dream come true. I never thought I would really make BYU's team. That was a a dream come true. And so when you ran at BYU, what were your events at that point in time? My, My biggest hopes of actually like going to nationals was to be on the cross country team. But in track, I did the mile and the steeplechase the first year. The second year, the steeplechase... I tried again, but I, my coach just, he said, you know, your form is terrible. We're going to have to, we're going to have to put you in a different event. And I was so upset about that. And so I just trained and I just did the drills every single day at my house, at track practice. I just did the drills so much. And by my junior year, I'd gotten really, really good. Now the steeplechase is unique Uh, for our listeners. Tell them a little bit about what that entails besides just running. Yeah. So the steeplechase is a seven and a half lap. So it's almost two miles and there's five barriers. One of the barriers has a water pit, a 12 foot water pit you jump through and you can jump on the barriers or jump over them. They won't fall down. You will fall down if you hit them. You can never get in a zone and just stay consistent. It's always changing and you it's always, you're always stuttering. So it's a, it's a very challenging event, but it's really, it's a fun, 
fun event. <laughs> it sounds like you figured it out. I figured it out. <laughs> and so tell us about your success in that event. Yeah. So from that time, that so being my sophomore year and almost having to switch events to my junior year, I ended up finishing third at nationals. And actually what came about in that too, I realized I needed to use my opposite leg going over the water barrier. I had had a dream the night before my race. And in the dream, I was using my opposite leg that I normally used. And when I woke up, the dream felt so real. Like it felt like I'd really ran that race. And when I went to run the race that day, I used my opposite leg. It was the neatest thing. It felt like my dream had come true. Like, and I, from then on, using the opposite leg that I hadn't been training on helped me improve through all of my races. So some inspiration there. Yeah. Lord help me through my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so then you're running at a very high level in college. At some point in time, you got married as well. Was that during college? Yeah, right before my junior year. And then kids started coming along, starting with twins. Twins. I had twins in 2009. Um, that was a challenging time in my life, too, because I developed toxemia and I gained 69 pounds from that. And it was a hard labor. And I ended up being hospitalized for over a week. And one of my kids was in the NICU, one of the babies. And then going home from that, it was, I didn't have family around. I didn't feel supported during that time. It was very, very challenging. But as soon as I could put on my running shoes, I did. <laughs> and how soon it. was that after <laughs> gaining all that weight, having twins? Yeah. So within a couple months, I was able to walk. I just remember walking to the end of my street and turning around and being so proud of myself for having walked mm. to the end of my street. But within months, I was back to running. Um, I ran a 5K like four months after I had the twins. I trained for the steeplechase Olympic trials in 20, 2008 and barely missed it. And then I had the twins and then I trained again for 2012 and barely missed it. And when you say barely missed it. So, yeah. So I barely didn't go in 2008 by 0.02 of a second. So close. So close. And then the times got faster. By 2012, I, even though I had ran the fastest I'd ever ran, I ran a 959.99. I missed the cutoff by three seconds. So how disappointing that must have been. Yeah. And at the time it really was, you know, and it's just neat to look back and to see that the Lord was setting everything up for something in the future, something that it was going to mean more to me later down the road. So the twins were born in 2009. And then I had Kenna in 2013 and then Kristen in 2014. And you're still running throughout all this yeah. and going for the Olympics and training for the Olympic trials. And um, after Kissy Kristen was born, I, you know, I had trained for both Olympic trials and missed it. And I remember just being in Japan, running down this hill, and I was just praying to Heavenly Father. And I just, I really wanted to make the Olympic trials. It was a goal I'd set in 2005. And as I was talking to him, just this such strong feeling of spirit came over me and just the words, third time's a charm just hit me and I knew I was going to go and I didn't know how I was going to go because I lived in Japan. I didn't speak the language. I didn't know how to travel around there and not know, and knowing the language, how to get into a race, who to contact, to even get into a race. I would have these daydreams of 
you know, my spouse having being deployed and I would get to go home to Beaver and I could drive down to SUU and train with their team. And, you know, looking back, it's almost like the Lord was setting, like giving, allowing me to have these thoughts because that is exactly what ended up happening and not in the way I anticipated, but I ended up moving back to Beaver and I drove down to SEU and trained a little bit with the SEU team. So for reasons beyond your control, your marriage ended and that's what caused you to move back there. That must've been a difficult time. Yes. And during that time, I just had so much peace and so much um, just feelings of knowing that the Lord was aware of me. And um, through all of that also, you know, I think that by keeping the Sabbath day holy, this is where his blessings came in because President Nelson said that um, he kind of helped us understand this, the scripture of Isaiah 58, 13 to 14 better. And I got my answer when I read that he said that, you know, that he will, he will put you on the high places of the earth when you keep the Sabbath day. And he said it basically means that the Lord will bless his covenant people to rise above all obstacles, be protected and out of reach of danger be victorious over enemies and be closer to God. And I, I know that because I kept the Sabbath day holy best I could, I didn't run on Sunday, even though there were several times that I was very tempted to, that this is how he blessed me. He blessed me. Um, he protected me and made me strong to get through these trials. It's 2016. You're training with the SUU team and you are getting ready, hoping to qualify for the Olympic trials. And what happened? So I trained with the SU team for maybe two or three times, and then I got injured. So then I was in the pool and cross training. And then I came back and I actually was a volunteer coach for the high school team at Beaver. And so I would practice at times during their practice. And so then during this time, I just knew in my heart I was going to qualify. I just knew I had just received that confirmation so many times through the training. And uh, so I got in my car and I drove to California and um, it was seven, nine hour drive, laid down in, on a bed in a hotel room, put my feet up. And then I drove over to the track, jumped on the track and ran a PR, ran the fastest I'd ever ran a steeplechase in my life the same day that I just drove nine hours. And um, after that, the BYU coach was there at the time that used to be my coach in college and he was so excited. And so the very, I want to say the very next week or two weeks later, I went back to that exact same track <laughs> and, and I ran and, oh, I did not feel good in this race. And right during the last lap, a girl I knew that I ran with a few times when I lived in Richmond, Virginia, she passed me and I thought, oh, I can go with her. I know her. I can go with her. And so I just was trying to just hold on to her. And we crossed that finish and I thought I either barely, barely, barely made it or I barely, barely didn't. And when I saw my time, I barely made it into the Olympic trials. Like I was the slowest time going in, but I'd made it. So I was so excited. So fast forward another month and a half and here I am at the Olympic trials and I went in and ran a 943. I ran a 943, which was 
So up to that point, so I had ran my 959.99, then I went 956, then I went 952, then I went 943 here and qualified for the finals. Going into the finals, I didn't, I hadn't slept for the three days. I was just so excited that I made it that I couldn't fall asleep. So I wish I'd had a sleeping pill or something. But so walking into the finals, I just remember being so tired and I just wanted to go to sleep. And I thought, no, I have to do, this is it, Rena. This is what you've dreamed about for 11 years. And so I got on there and I just, you know, just, just to hold my pace and stay strong. And I had said in my mind that the last lap, no matter what, no matter how I felt, I was going to spell out each of my children's names as I went over those last barriers. And so on that last lap, I was still pretty close to the furthest back. And I crossed the first barrier and spelled Talon's name. I crossed the second barrier and spelled Taryn's. And the third barriers and Kenna, fourth, Kissy. And on the last barrier going into the finish, I just, in my soul, I just shouted, uh, Jesus Christ, because he made all of this possible. It is because of him that he's just been so gracious to give me this opportunity. And as I shouted his name, I just was so overcome with the spirit of my whole body was just tingling that entire last 100 meter sprint into the finish. It was just the most incredible feeling I've ever felt. And I, <laughs> I ended up passing two girls on the last stretch and finished 10th um, with a 940, with another PR. Um, yeah, and that, that experience was just, that was just an amazing experience. And to be able to share that with my kids was incredible a spiritual experience for real on the track in the biggest race of your life. Yeah. You know, I'm actually seven spots away from the Olympics, but I was so happy to just even make the final, like, because I had balance. I was a single mother of four children and to balance going to the trials and my children and helping coach the track team and just, you know, my church responsibilities. It wasn't running. Wasn't my life. It was just, it was just, Going to the Olympic trials was my goal, and I had accomplished that. It's an amazing so, accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Well, if we fast forward a little bit further, you met Will, your husband, and you got married and moved to Texas. Yes, that was, that was a surprise. I did not expect to meet and marry someone so quickly, but we met online, and after the first date, I knew I was going to marry him. And I'd prayed about marrying him. And the answer was very clear that he was a good choice. And so I moved forward with it. And my family, everyone supported me in that decision. And um, it's been the best decision I've made. <laughs> and so Will has four children from a previous marriage. Yes. You have four. So suddenly, at least every other week, you've got eight children in the house under yes. the age of... So at the time, the oldest was nine. So a real house full. Yeah. And you've since added one. And then we added another one. And we were able to have her sealed to us uh, in the Salt Lake Temple, which was a neat experience because I was sealed in that to my family there also. And um, just the 
the peace that I felt there, the, the understanding of what, what the co- those covenants mean. Um, and, and just to be able to share that with a man who, who loves me and loves the Lord as much as I do. Um, that was a very special experience. And then to have all of our children there to witness that. What a great experience. And I've seen the picture of all of you dressed in white on the steps of the Salt Lake Temple. It's a beautiful yes. picture. Yeah, this is my favorite picture. I blew it up and hung it on my wall. <laughs> As you should. It's a great picture. Well, so with all of that happening and you're busier than you've ever been and you decide you're going to go for it again and see if you can make it to the Olympics. So my goal has always been to set a new personal best after every every baby. And going into this one, I just was having a lot of just doubt of, well, I, I don't have the time. I have a lot of responsibilities with these nine children. And I don't know if this is a selfish thing I'm doing. Is it really important to set another personal best? And as I was training and I was praying and I had asked Heavenly Father, you know, if this was the best choice and that I, I wanted to do this, but I didn't know if I should. And and the answer just came so clearly that this is your gift. Use it to build the kingdom of God. And and so from that moment, I mean, that changed my entire outlook on running completely because it's not about me. It's never been about me and my success in running. It's This is a gift God's given me. He's given everybody special gifts and talents. And he gives us those, not to just help us be happy, but to use those to build the kingdom of God. And so this really is a missionary tool for me. And that's what my focus has been. Now, in the past, you were a steeplechase runner. Yeah. This time it was the marathon. Why did you change your mind? So there were a couple of factors. One is it's very hard to get on a track. In fact, you can't get on a high school track here during the day, during school hours. So that limited me. But also, as I looked into the steeplechase this year, they had switched the date and it now fell on a Sunday. And so I just felt like that was kind of the Lord saying, you know what, just go for a different event. Because for me, it, it is more just a goal. You know, it's not my career. I'm not providing for a family. It's it is just for fun for me. Um, so so that's why I, those are the reasons I chose the marathon. Now, the training for the marathon has got to be a lot different it's than for the steeplechase. Yeah, yeah, completely different. And, <laughs> and I had to adapt to the 24, my longest run was 24 miles and building up to that. But I found that I, I was just so surprised at how few injuries I got over the course of the time and the training, how I was able to even run as well of a time as I had with putting in half the mileage that marathoners typically put in. I mean, at least the ones that are qualifying for a race like this, but I, you know, that's where I just feel like the Lord kind of made up, like I did my best and he made up where he could for me. So So it's a lot of training. You stretch it out to 24 miles, not even the 26.2 that a marathon is. And you ran an initial race, your first marathon? So my first marathon, I qualified for the Olympic trials and I ran about five minutes faster than I had expected. 
and I felt amazing in that race. And the last eight miles, well, the last half of the race, I stopped looking at my watch. I didn't look at my pace. And I just, I just went off how I felt. And I'm so grateful that I didn't because I would have looked at my watch and said, oh no, I'm going way too fast. I got to slow down. So because I didn't do that, I ran, I ran a really fast time and I felt really good the entire marathon. So really fast would be what? Really fast was 551. I ran 551 pace the last eight miles. Wow. For your total time then? Was, uh, it was a 607 pace, 240. 240. Okay. Wow. All right. So that got you into the Olympic trials. So that got then. me into the Olympic trials. You went to Atlanta for that. Yeah. So, so Atlanta Track Club was phenomenal. They paid everybody's way, not just the girls that hit the A standard, but anyone who ran under 245 which was incredible. And then you get out there and they paid for everything. The food they had, you know, sponsorships for all the food and everything. And then the race was phenomenal. It was an eight mile loop. You did it three times over and then tacked on the last two miles. And, and they, there were people cheering the entire 26 miles. There were just cheering and shouting and screaming the entire way. <laughs> And you kept up a fast pace. I understand it was challenging in terms of hilly and wind. It was a little chilly that day. Yeah. In fact, that race was probably the most challenging race. I started out, I did not feel good that day. And at mile two, I said, there's no way I can keep this pace. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I shouldn't be feeling this way, but I feel so tired. And I just kind of sat with it and girl came up on me and I stayed with her for three miles and then she fell back and then I was alone again. And then my good friend, Liz Northern from Fort Worth, she came up and I just said, okay, I'm going to stick with her no matter what. And I held on to her for till mile 20. And then at mile 20, I started feeling really good. I felt amazing. And I just started moving up, moving up, moving up. And I think I ended up passing at least 30 girls in the last three miles. And I had went from halfway through, I was probably ranked about 130. And I finished 53rd. 53rd out of how many total runners? So 480 started, 511 qualified. Okay. And so what was your time? And my time was 241. And I had hopes of PRing in that race, setting a personal best. But as soon as I felt the wind on that first turn, I knew there was no way I was going to set a personal record. But, but the course was very, very challenging, really hilly. My goal was to be top 100. And I thought if I can be top 100, I'll set a personal record. But I got top 100 and was still a minute off my first record. So it just shows you how challenging that course was. Very difficult. And only the top three runners qualify to go on to the Olympics, correct? Yes. Yep. So quite an accomplishment for you there. Yes. Congratulations Thank on you. that. <laughs> well, it's been uh, quite a ride for you over these years and all these things that you've accomplished. It's wonderful to hear not only how you progressed physically and your running and accomplishments there, but also your spiritual growth that took place as well. And so now the question is, what's next for you? Yeah, that's a good question because I'm taking two weeks off and then I'm going to just decide what, what to do moving forward. I would like to run another marathon because I think I can run in the 230s, but we'll see. Well, it's exciting <laughs> to think of what the possibilities are because they're really 
unlimited for you. There, yeah. You can go and do anything. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Rena, it's been wonderful having you with us on this episode of our podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Our guest has been Rena Elmer, an extraordinary athlete who is also a devoted mother and dedicated member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. As we wrap up, I'd like to highlight two things I'll take away from my visit with Rena. First, we can all learn from Rena's example of setting goals and being relentlessly persistent in her efforts to achieve them. And second, I appreciate the way Rena recognized that her running ability is a gift and the way she uses her gift to help build the kingdom of God. This is Eric Egan for Lone Star Latter-day Saint Voices. Music